0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Zero Res. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens are no match for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Want the contaminants gone? Call Zero Res right now just $33 per room to get your carpet Zero Res clean. But minimums apply. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online Zero Res carpet cleaning. All right, we're going to talk with uh, Ben Bolts, UCLA Bruins beat writer for the LA Times. At some point... Possibly momentarily, Yak shrugs and says, we'll see. They won last night. They beat Michigan State in overtime. At PK, we've seen them in the Pac-12 all year. But as they have evolved with injuries and all that, they aren't the biggest UCLA team you've ever seen. They are not the most athletic UCLA team you've ever seen. But they're good, and they don't beat themselves. So it feels like if BYU plays well, they could certainly win this game. If they make mistakes, if they come out nervous because it's the NCAA tournament and they don't handle the ball, UCLA's going to jump all over them. I'm thinking. I know you are. You're debating. But I just look at them, I think, they're well coached. They don't make mistakes and don't beat themselves. But this is not... The biggest, most athletic UCLA team you've ever seen. And you can probably put some of that on injuries. And also the coach being early on, let's see who he recruits, especially when he has a little tourney success.
1: Yeah, I think the 64 Bruins were the biggest, tallest that I've ever seen. I really
0: don't think you think that. That's not true.
1: <laughs> With Walt Hazard and Gale Goodridge.
0: It was probably the <laughs> least guys. athletic, smallest of all those woods Championship teams, and let's not break that down. But you did yeah. it on purpose. You know you did. That was very uh, well done.
1: When you have uh, Greg Lee and Bill Walton teaming up in, in uh, '73, <laughs> I mean, I going yeah. sure to top that.
0: Bring Pete Turgovic back. Uh,
1: I think this was the best game I've seen them play. You know, I've seen. I obviously I watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball during the season, and, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, that was just a. It was really, really an impressive effort by these guys.
0: Let's bring in Ben Bolts, UCLA Bruins beat writer for the L.A. Times. Ben, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, Just as you were coming on, we were talking about the UCLA-Michigan State game, and PK just said having watched a lot of UCLA basketball this year, he thought that was the best the Bruins have played this year. You are the beat writer and have to watch them all. What do you think?
2: Uh, Well, I would say definitely to come comeback – They blew out state by 30 points. They had a pretty complete game against Utah not too long ago uh, that I would say was probably better than that. But certainly uh, an NCA tournament game against a very tough opponent uh, to come back when it looked like you're buried in the first half. It might have been the gutsiest. I, I would say maybe it was the gutsiest game showing of the year for UCLA.
1: A lot of emotion in that game that they expended. Do you have any concern with all the energy and emotion that they would be able to rally on a quick turnaround?
2: Um, well, I mean, this was a team that was, you know, kind of due, so to speak. They they'd had those four crushing losses uh, where they were ahead uh, and yeah, just kind of flipped the script, right? Where they were down big. I think they were down 14. They were down 11 at halftime. Uh, you know, nobody was really giving them a chance. Shots weren't falling, except for Jaime Hacquez, who had an amazing game. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was impressive that uh, you know they were able to do that. Now they're going to have to, as you alluded to, short turnaround, just 48 hours here before that, or even less than 48 hours before that uh, the next game against BYU. So the big question today is the status of uh, Johnny Giuseppe. He really came through in overtime with two, two big shots to give UCLA that lead, and then uh, went down with another ankle injury. Uh, he gets a recent game against, you can see, with that same ankle hurting him. A uh, good sign for UCLA. I think he was kind of moving around and celebrating with them after the game, but he had to basically be carried off the court. Uh, it looked really bad there for a while. So today we'll, we'll get an update on that, and that'll be a big factor going into the game.
0: The Cougars obviously have a lot of size and Harms the seven three is uh, is a hard matchup for a lot of people. People have defended him different ways, and sometimes he does, you know, disappear and not put his imprint on games. Other times he's really impactful. Do you think the whole defense collapses? Do you think they try to play him straight up? Have they been at a have they had to face anybody like this? Is there anything to go on?
2: Yeah, they've they faced a couple seven-footers. You know, Evan Mobley for USC, you know, 7 foot, not, not quite as big, But, uh, you know, they, I think what they're going to have to do, though, and obviously I'm not McCloney, but uh, I don't think they can let other three-point shooters and, and, and uh, others beat them. So I would imagine they would try to maybe go straight up. You know, that maybe sometimes they have doubled in the post before, but I know that they don't want to get beat at the three-point line. Uh, as well. So maybe, maybe they'll start out one way and, and see how it goes and, and adjust accordingly. But, you know, this is a UCLA team that doesn't have a lot of links uh, in the post, uh, particularly with Jalen Hill out in their far away, their best bet protector. So that will be interesting to see. Do, do they double down there or do they, do they play straight up and, uh, and try to take away three-point lines?
1: As I watch that game, you spoke of the two guys who played so well offensively, and you look for, well, can they repeat that? And we'll see what Juzang's position is. But if I'm looking for guys who can give me more offensively against the Cougars, I think I can point to Campbell. He didn't really have a big-time game. Can I expect more from him offensively against BYU? Yeah, uh, he's, he's been stuck in kind of
2: an extended funk here where he really hasn't made a big Im- impact on the last handful of games. He did make a, a huge three-pointer as part of that comeback, uh, but other than that, he was very, very quiet, and then I think it's an astute observation on your point that, you know, he's going to have to be a lot more involved offensively for, for UCLA to win this game. Um, you know, it's interesting, they they got those two huge games from, uh, from Heine Hawkins and, you uh, Johnny Juzang and maybe a few scattered contributions from other guys, but nothing really sustained. Um, and that's not, That's probably not going to be a winning point. It's BYU. I think they're going to need to have you know, three or four guys who solidly in double figures to win.
0: You know, you're the B-rider, so you're around the team. But in the Zoom era, you're not actually around the team the way you would be in any other given year. And I'm wondering if you have a good read on – Um, emotionally how these guys are. Do they turn the page on a win and it's on to the next game? Do they sit thinking about the last game too long and not get ready for the next one? What kind of roller coaster are these guys likely to ride, if one at all?
2: Yeah, you know, i got to give them credit. They were pretty resilient during that uh, stretch I talked about recently where they had four losses, where they could have won all four games, and I felt like they did kind of turn the page and, and move on and play well to at least start the next game, but uh, you know, did kind of acknowledge after that game that he, he, he really thought they needed that, 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 that win to kind of put all that behind them. And, and now they've got their confidence back. They can just kind of get back to playing basketball, worry about closing the season with, you know, five consecutive kind of disasters. Uh, not, try not to overstate that there. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's important. And, and now I think they will have – Kind of a spring in their steps,
1: so to speak, uh, going in and see why you get Yeah, Yeah, you, you look at this season, man, they've had to deal with a lot. You know, a couple, I think they started, what, 12 and 2, something like that, and then they had a couple of injuries, and then they lose the four in a row, and they get beat early in the tournament, and then with the tremendous rally. As far as being on an emotional level, this team has been facing just about. All sort, uh, everything you can imagine, all sorts of stuff this season. Is it easy for them now to just roll with it? Because it's like, well, wow, we've already been through the worst.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's a good point. I mean, you know, they lost the, the guy who's considered the best player, Chris Smith, on the final day of uh, 2020. a down with a knee injury, and then Jayla Hale, as I alluded to earlier, leaves personal leave in February. And that really changed a lot because that, that put uh, – Change the whole defensive rotation. They got Jaime Hawkins setting power forwards uh, at 6'6. You can see how that's kind of worn him down. Obviously, he had a great game the other night, but it's been games where he has not really put his imprint on the game because I think he's beaten up so much defensively. Uh, so all credit to him with that that big showing the other night. But you're right; it's been a, it's been a roller coaster season. I mean, they could have easily started the season 0-2. They needed triple overtime to be Pepperdine, and they were facing an 0-2 start, and they. Win their first Pi Pac-12 uh, games, uh, and, and it looks like they're rolling. And then, you know, the, the, those bumps start happening. So, a very resilient group, and uh, you know, I think they will be in a good place mentally uh, come Saturday night.
0: For so many years, we've seen so much pressure on UCLA and how they perform in the NCAA tournament. Mick Cronin's pretty, pretty early on in his tenure. Is there a lot of pressure on him this year, or given a couple injuries and how early he is in his tenure, is it not that big a deal? Or is it always a big deal at UCLA? And there is a lot of heat on him. No, I don't think there's
2: any heat uh, on him at all. I mean, I, I think he was basically in the running for 512 Coach of the Year until the final. Uh, they had the regular season. They beat SC and Oregon, losing to Oregon State. Uh, you know UCLA, Pac-12 regular season champion with uh, a shorthanded roster. So obviously, you know fans weren't happy with the way the regular season and the Pac-12 tournament went, uh, or, or the way the Pac the, the regular season ended, I should say. But uh, you know I think this this game uh, getting back in the win column and in the NCAA tournament uh, is a huge first step for him at UCLA. They got some talent uh really high-end talent coming in the next two years we get the top player of california uh coming in each of the next two years so i think that's when you know those those, those expectations and that pressure will start to ratchet up on mick Cronin. but i i read mean the fan base right now is that they're fully uh, on board with what he's doing
1: they shot 50 percent from three against michigan state is that something you're confident that they can repeat
2: uh, no, that's a little bit of an outlier. I mean, this is, uh, I, I think statistically it is one of the better three-point shooting teams in the, in the Pac-12, but, uh, they can be pretty streaky. Uh, Tiger Campbell ma- making that three was huge. Uh, you know, Jaime Hawkins and, and Johnny Juzang were, were also kind of on fire from there. Uh, you have to excuse my GPS in the background here. I'm driving to, to Indianapolis as we speak. Uh, but, um... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's I don't know about 50%, but I think they can, uh, I think they can shoot at a fairly high level uh, and, and try to keep that game close because they're going to have to, right? I mean, Nick Harden says they have to make shots, but that they're not uh, one of these great defensive teams. So that, that'll be a key thing to watch.
0: So what are one of the, speaking of key things to watch, what are one of the one or two things you're going to watch early in the game to know if the Bruins are on track and how this thing might play out?
2: I think I'm going to be watching their defense a lot. I think, you know, BYU, I watched that uh, Gonzaga uh, uh, tournament game there a week or so ago, and I was really impressed by them. If they come out with that kind of start against UCLA, I think they can can really bury UCLA early. So I think UCLA, they can't fall behind like they did against Michigan State uh, and count on coming back again. I think if that happens again, uh, it's going to be a very long night for UCLA. So I think they have to be, uh, right there at halftime, uh, you know, and not have a double-digit deficit that they're going to have to come back from.
0: Ben Bolts, UCLA Bruins B-Rider for the LA Times, on his, uh, on his way to Indy. Ben, thanks for joining us, and thanks for giving us a little peek ahead to UCLA and BYU. All right, looking forward to the game. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. All right, UCLA and BYU, primetime Saturday night. PK, seems like an opportunity. You've covered a lot of these matchups. You've been there. There have been a lot of matchups where you knew that athletically it was going to be an uphill battle for BYU. This doesn't feel quite as intimidating. doesn't mean they're going to win the game. They could lose it. But it doesn't feel like there's a big hill to climb like there were in some of the other matchups they drew where there's a kind of feeling like, well, they got a puncher's chance, but this is going to be really hard. This feels a little different.
1: I would agree with that. I would equate it to uh, Steve Cleveland's two years. His second, he made three NCA first uh, appearances. The first one, you know, when they won the conference was 20 years ago, and they just were celebrating. It was such a monumental uh, accomplishment, if you recall, right? I think they beat New Mexico in the final, and the program had sucked, and they got he got them there, and that was it. They were like these Big West, Big Sky teams and those other conferences on the other side of the country. You, we got to the NCAA tournament. It's a smashing success, no matter what happens. And they went out and got smoked by Cincinnati, right? Well, then, a couple of years later, they're in a much better position as a program and a spot, right? So they play uh, Syracuse and Yukon or UConn and Syracuse, I'm not sure which order it was, right? Big-name programs, much exactly like this program. With The Bruins are a big-name program. I They're probably never going to come close to recapturing John Wooden, but they're still a big-name program, right? Well, BYU now, comparing to those two BYU teams, it's not about just being here. They've known for a good while. This program under Mark Pope, he's two for two as far as establishing it as an NCAA program. Clearly, they would have gone last year, right? So with that in mind, expectations are to win. So I see a lot of similarities. You're going up against a storied program, but you feel very confident about your ball club, and it's not just happy to be there, and that's where you're settling. You're not settling for the happy to be there like Steve Cleveland's first team was 20 years ago when they went in and got beat by Cincinnati. And if you recall, both of those games, UConn and Syracuse came right down to the end. Mm-hmm. And BYU didn't come out ahead on either of those games, but they were right there. That's what I think will happen. I'm not saying that they won't come out ahead. They won't win the game tomorrow. I'm not. That's not the point. The point is setting up to what I expect. BYU is not just happy to be here. And they have an opportunity to win this game. And it. Pro- I wouldn't be surprised if it came right down to the end. And I, I really think, as you said either uh, earlier with Ben here in the interview, Harms, man, go to work. get Get going, man. Try your best to be dominant. Even if you don't have the skill set, try your hardest to be dominant. Because you you can really make an impact on this game. There's no reason why you don't. And then, of course, the BYU shooters, they're going have to have to, gonna have to have success from the three. And that's not really uh, uh, the Bruins game as much. But for the Cougars, they're going to need to do that. So I'm excited to see this game.
0: BYU's a three-and-a-half point favorite in this game. They've set the line now after UCLA's win over Michigan State. And the over-under is set at 138, so that means Vegas, that would be the equivalent of a 70-68 to 68 game. You know, first, first team to 70 wins, which given the pace these teams play at and the way they've defended, I would think if you get to 70 points, you probably do win this game. UCLA's in the 300s in terms of pace of play. They play very slow. And BYU's similar this year. minute much right. slower than they have been in the past. Right. We've seen like the 65-51 game with St. Mary's, that kind of stuff. So, All right, there it is, DJ and PK. Stay with us. More in a moment, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Got a poll question up on Utah State and Texas Tech. Who's going to win that game? That game tips off in three hours. Hit us up at David DJ James. Vote away. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.